so we're very happy that you're here with us this evening. As you know, this is not the normal Sunday night program. Uh, a little different than anything we've ever done before. It's um, going to be unique because it's unpracticed, unrehearsed. We don't know how long it's going to take. We could be done by 6.30 or 7.30. If some of you have plans and you need to get going, if you leave at 7, it won't offend us. For me, this is pretty much off the cuff, except for the questions that we've developed. And um, I'd like uh, Jim Hunt to stand up for a second. He's my other speaker here. Uh, some of you don't know Jim that well, but uh, he and I, uh, as you know, have been dealing with, with the dreaded disease of this nation. And you wonder, well, why do Christians get this disease too? And we hope to answer that question and many more. So I'd like to open with a word of prayer, please, and uh, then we'll, we'll get into the service. If you'd bow your heads with us. Lord, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we're, this presentation and this whole thing, Lord Father, is to glorify you this evening. I know we're talking about us, but we want to talk about us and how you've worked in our lives, how you've brought us through some very difficult times, how we look to you, Lord God, for answers, even at times when there seem to be none. Lord, teach us tonight. Have our hearts be open to you, and we invite you into our presence, Lord God, because without you, this is all meaningless. But with you, O oh Lord God, this has great depth and meaning. And so, Lord God, Show yourself strong through two very weak vessels. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you haven't studied First Peter before, the first couple of chapters, it's amazing how much Peter can pack into just a few little paragraphs. It's just, again, mind-boggling how the Holy Spirit uses God or God uses the Holy Spirit to put words into men that have such great meaning I want to read First uh, Peter 1 through 6 Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatians Cappadocia, Asia Bithynia who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit that you may obey Jesus Christ by the sprinkling of the blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith of salvation ready to be revealed at the last time this is your great 
in, or in this you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. What God is saying is, He is the one that brings distress into our lives. He distresses us. For what purpose? Not just so we can have fun here, but to make us holy. That's what God desires, is that we become a holy people, ready for what he has in store for us and reserved for us, the great hope that he gives us through faith. And that's what we hope for. Some of us may get to this, get a little sooner, that's all. And I look forward to it as much as I hate to leave. I don't know what the day has the Lord has chosen for me. He has told me it's soon. And so I'm going to ask Jim to come up here and we will start this evening's regular program. Thank you. Now Jim and I have developed some questions that we will ask each other and we'll be working off those questions. And so since I've got the mic right now and everything, I'm going to lead off and ask Jim uh, the first question that um, that goes to him and he will answer that question and then when he's finished he'll ask me my first question we'll kind of banter back and forth like this so like I said this was unpracticed I don't know how long it's going to take I didn't think opening was going to take this long I didn't time this thing be patient with us God will get us through Jim do you believe God can use any circumstance in our lives to help others and bring glory to himself I think that's an absolutely true statement that I've found in my life uh, in dealing with my cancer. Or maybe to put it in a, uh, other words of a famous ex-governor, you betcha. Mm. <laughs> um, I just didn't expect my set of circumstances at this time to include cancer. Exactly. You know, when you think about your life and uh, how it might be, um, Maybe you even set goals for your life. You have expectations. Yes. I don't know of anybody who really, you know, factors in cancer. No, they don't. In their life. So it was something that was really shocking to me, but I've learned to deal with it, as I'm sure you have. Yes. Um, and I really didn't fit the, the cancer profile. I mean, uh, I've been told by several people that I could have been a poster boy for healthy living. You know, I was uh, in pretty good shape. I worked out, uh, had a good diet. Yes. I don't drink or smoke. Uh, there's no family history on my side of the family. In fact, the men on my side of the family live into their mid-90s and, you know, die in their sleep. Which I thought, yep, that's going to be my <laughs> that's going to be my life. That if I had if I had it to do and if I had it to choose, that's what I would choose for myself. But it just wasn't to be that way. Uh, I've also been married to the same godly woman for the last 35 years, and what a praise what, God! What a blessing praise that's God. what a blessing that's been. Yes. And even before I was sick, and much more a blessing since I've been sick. And uh, I've been a good boy. I go to my doctor's checkups every year. So by the world standards, I was a very low risk to to get cancer. But I had to be reminded that. Uh, we're not dealing as believers with the world standards and, and God tells us through 
Isaiah that our thoughts and ways are not like his thoughts and ways. His yes. thoughts and ways are higher than ours. Yes. So yes. God doesn't need to have expectations or make contingency plans like, like we do and even consider the odds of success that, um, you know, when, as you get into cancer treatment, your doctors want to tell you if you take a certain type of treatment, you're going to have this percentage of uh, odds that it might be successful. And then, and then there's another treatment that might be a little lower, but it might have less side effects. Well, that's something we think about in the, in the human view, but God uh, doesn't need to make those kind of plans because <laughs> his results are 100% effective 100% of the time. And Pete DeRossi pointed out a uh, passage, and... I have to look at it in my Bible a couple times a week to make sure the words are still there. I just, it's actually not in a place uh, where you'd expect it either. It's actually in Genesis. And uh, simply stated, it's the last part of, of Genesis chapter 18. And you all know the story. It's where Abraham is trying to intercede with the Lord before he... Uh, looks at the destruction of, of uh, Sodom. Yeah. And they're on a hill looking out at the city, and Abraham gets into this kind of a, a bidding type of a thing with him. He, he says to the Lord, well, if there's 50 righteous people in that city, would you destroy the city? And the Lord says, no, for if there's 50 there, I won't. Well, what about 45? What about 40? 35, he keeps going down, sliding down the scale. But before he starts that, he makes a very... Uh, awesome statement to the Lord. He said, he says, uh, would, would not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the answer to that in my cancer treatment is yes. The judge of all the earth will do what is right. So uh, I have no reason to doubt that geez, I, I told my wife that this wasn't going to happen up here, but okay Jim it's okay we understand I'm trusting that my judge will do what is right for me and I have no reason to doubt because we have a God that keeps his promises absolutely absolutely yes. <coughs> so like a, like a good uh, newscaster I'll try to clear up my uh, my emotions here and I'll ask you your question okay do you want me to go ahead or you got it there yeah. We're on practice at this, guys, so be patient with us. And, and it is emotional when you look through it. Cancer is a big word. It's a dangerous word. Hearing this is a dread to everyone. But what should a Christian's response be when they've been told they have cancer? You know, that's, that's um, a question that you know, you don't think you ever have to answer, first of all. And it's an amazing thing how God works in our lives. Cancer. Usually, it is the most dreaded word that you hear. I mean, most of us sitting here expect never to hear that word. But Jim and I have. And what does it mean? I kind of blew it off as, well, no big deal. 
lymphoma, everybody gets that. It, it's 95% curable, according to the doctor. I can handle that. But could I? Not really. But what should our response be as a Christian? Why me, God? Why, as a good Christian like, like Jim, I, the kind of life that he described is the way I lived. But it wasn't why me, God, right? Because our response should be, okay, God, you're doing something. What am I here to learn? What is the lesson that I need to learn because you allowed this? You didn't maybe make it happen. Just like with, with Job, right? Job didn't get punished from God. God allowed Satan to have his way up to a certain point. Satan's under full control of God. But God, oh, that guy can have havoc. Right? So we need to remember, God is sovereign. Sovereign. Sovereign over all the affairs of men and rely on that. That's what our response should be. Jim, are you ready? Go ahead. I think I got it under control. All right. I hope. When you were first diagnosed with cancer, what was your reaction to the news? Well, I was diagnosed a little over two years ago um, so I haven't had as much experience with dealing with the with the cancer and the treatment as you have. Um, if I remember right, we got the news on a Friday, and we pretty much spent the whole weekend praying and crying. Uh, that's about what we did. And I thought I would just like you maybe have a simple operation. Uh, I have prostate cancer, and. Uh, we thought, uh, I'll have an operation, I'll be out of commission for six or seven weeks, I'll get some time off of work, um, and everything will be back to normal. Might not be able to play golf right away, you know, it might be a little sore. Um, but then we went back in, I think the following Tuesday, and we were told that the cancer had already spread to uh, different locations on my skeleton. It, it spread in my hips, um, rib cage, shoulder and back and I didn't have a lot of symptoms at that time but the pain was yet to come as the cancer got a, a little more progression and so I was told that, that it wouldn't be the normal type of treatment it would be uh, a systemic treatment with chemotherapy and radiation so everything would not be back to normal but we we didn't waste any energy asking why me, like you said, like why did it have to happen to me? Um, I did go through some what-if scenarios in my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everybody does, like, yes. you know, what if I don't live very long? How, how long do I have to go? Yes. Um, what if my wife and kids uh, need some help financially? Who's, you know, what's going to happen there? What if I become bedridden and in such pain that I can't physically do things that I enjoy anymore? Um, you know, I've heard that you know, with this type of cancer, you could go into a coma and be there for months. That hasn't occurred. Um, you know, I wouldn't be able to enjoy like woodworking, gardening, taking walks, riding bicycle, that type of thing. You know, staying somewhat active. 
but um, God has taken care of all of these things and allowed me to continue to do the things that I enjoy. So I've really been blessed that yes, way. That's right. um, maybe not to the extent that I like to in the past. I don't spend as many hours and I get tired quite easily, don't have the strength. Like we were talking the other day, you were trying to do some yard work and you just didn't have the strength to dig, to dig the hole. Yeah, my good well, neighbor who's with us this evening did it for me, you know, and I praise God for such a good neighbor. The same thing's happening to me. I'm having to go to other people to ask for help or no. You know, I, uh, I do more things in the house and Barb cuts the grass outside and does, does some gardening, does the tree work that, you know, that I used to do. She never knew how to do that. I gave her a little bit of supervision and believe me, that's all she wanted was a little. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we worked through it and God, God reminds me again in Jeremiah that he has plans for us, plans for us to prosper and not to harm us, and plans to give us a hope in the future. So I'm, all I can say is I've learned that, that I'm confident in my future. Very good. Regardless of what happens. Amen. And uh, when people have asked me how can I stay upbeat and deal with cancer or what they consider to be upbeat. Uh, and you are. I could tell them, well, I don't, you know, you don't see me at home all the time. Uh, maybe when, when I get tired and have to take a nap in the middle of the day, that type of thing. Um, my, my other response is that I've never been promised a healthy life or even a long life, um, at least by what I would consider a long life by my expectations or most people's expectations, but I have been promised eternal life. And I'm reminded of a passage in John 9 where Jesus is walking with his disciples and they, they encounter a man born blind. You probably remember this story too. And his disciples ask him who has sinned, his parents or him, that he should be blind. And Jesus responds by telling them neither. This has happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. And I believe this is, this is one of the reasons why Jesus did miracles, was to use the miracles as a, truth, as a way to, to convey a spiritual truth. And I think God is using my disease, George's disease, as a spiritual truth, to convey a spiritual truth. It's not about necessarily being healed completely of the cancer, but about opening our hearts to the Savior. In doing that, God can turn what we consider a physical problem into something that will bring good to others and glory to his name. Amen. You ready for your next one? Certainly. Okay. How did you learn you had cancer and what was your initial reaction to the news? Okay, I need to give you a little bit of history here. Um, my wife and I, um, as I started coming to the close of my career, thought, you know, rather than waiting till I'm 65 and a half when it was normal retirement to get the full Social Security, let's, let's stop as soon as we can because I'd love to do some mission work. And there's some other things I want to do, and let's get started now instead of waiting. And so in uh, 2004, uh, at the end of July, I retired after 63 and a half years. And... Um, uh, changing from retirement into getting ready for missions immediately uh, within two months after retirement, figuring out the finances and the, and the um, 
uh, healthcare and, and how we're going to uh, work uh, monies over in Europe and get paid and, and all these things were on top of me and I didn't have the answers and I was scared. And I had panic attacks for about three months that were just most horrible thing I've ever experienced. I didn't feel like much of a Christian because I prayed and it wouldn't go away. Um, and, and, and it was just awful. And towards uh, the end of about this time, five years ago, 2004, in the end of August, there, I'd always had kind of a lump in my throat that was there for 20, 30 years, and all of a sudden it started growing. And I said, well, I'll look, have a doctor look at it sometime later. I've got to go on this mission trip. I'm not going to stop. And so I didn't stop. And we went on the mission trip. And it, you know, it was a marvelous experience. It was a very difficult experience because of the emotional strain on us both. Satan is very active when you're trying to do something like that. And boy, he gets you at every corner. Oh man, does he lay into you. And it's really tough. I mean, it was some of our hardest day in our marriage. And, and it was all the evil one. And I was sick half the time when I was there. And finally at the end, the doctor says, you know, these big lumps that you got that now are not just in my throat but in my neck, you need to have that looked at. We better do more than just treat you for a flu. And I said, well, I'm going back to the States in a couple of weeks. I'll have it looked at there. And I took a couple of months of other da 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 type of stuff. They had to do, it, do everything from scratch because they don't believe what was done before. And um, so finally, the doctor says, well, nothing's happening. We need to do a biopsy. So we do a biopsy. They take that little lump out of the, the neck here, someplace close to my Adam's apple. It was a, a gland that um, uh, is used for saliva. I forget what, salivary gland or something like that. And the lymph gland that was cancerous had to wrap itself around it. And within, you know, by the time I was awake, they were tell them, able to tell me it was cancer. And the first words out of my mouth at that moment, unbeknownst to me, I mean, I heard me say them, but I don't know where they came from, except from the Holy Spirit was, well, praise God. That's the truth, people. The, 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 the shock came afterwards, <laughs> you know. But the initial words was, praise God. Isn't that amazing? What God can do even in a dire circumstance when you let the Holy Spirit lead. That was my reaction. Uh, Jim, how have you seen God work or seen God at work in your life? Well, since we've started the treatments, there have just there've been an unbelievable amount of divine appointments, I call them, that God has brought into our lives. Mm -hmm. And starting with the oncology doctor, when, after I got done with the specialist, um, being told that I had cancer, that it spread, uh, he, of course, referred me to uh, an oncology doctor and said, this guy was really great, he's top of the line. And we said, okay, 
Great. I went home, got a phone call that evening. That guy's not available. He doesn't have any appointments for a couple months. So then the clinic called me back and uh, said, we got this other guy. He's pretty good. Uh, and he's available. <laughs> and we can see you like on Thursday. You know, this is maybe a Tuesday. And I said, well, maybe I should wait. I don't know what I should do. And then we got another call shortly after that from a third guy, actually his, his clerical staff, uh, saying that, that this guy would, would want to see you right away. And it turns out that what we thought was like a third string doctor turned out to be the, the leading researcher in clinical, uh, clinical trial doctor at the clinic. Wow. So Praise God. Wow. We didn't know we were getting the varsity guy when, <laughs> when we thought we were getting third string. So that was... That was a miracle in itself. Um, the the nurse practitioner was another experience where I had I had known the family. I had, had bow hunted out on the dad's property, and um, after meeting with her a couple of times, she she uh, told me she was a believer and wanted to know if if uh, I could be put on their prayer list at their church. Wow. So that was another amazing amazing story. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of these. Um, oh yeah, I know. And you probably have too. Yes. Oh, um, we had we had a, a a chemo lab nurse that you know when the first time you you go to chemo uh, therapy it's kind of you really don't know what to expect and it's kind of it looks daunting because you go in a room and it's just a bunch of lazy boy chairs up along the wall and then across about maybe six feet on the other wall is a bunch of lazy boy chairs and um, anybody that's ever has it had it has gone through the experience you sit in this lazy boy chair and you look across the way and you see somebody else getting treatment maybe for the same cancer maybe for a different type of cancer so it gets to be quite a, a close-knit group because you see the same people when they're on your schedule but one of the first times I was there, uh, the chemo nurse is a friend of the family, and she saw my name on a treatment list and said, I want to I work with that guy. Hey. So it helped me get through that first day, the, f the first treatment, and, and through the explanation of what to expect. So that was another divine appointment. Hey. So I don't think it was a coincidence that all these things happened. And I've heard it said, too, that... Uh, Rabbis, um, the believing rabbis, don't think that that coincidence is a kosher word. <laughs> <coughs> and we've since been in a study group at this chemo nurse, and we you know, with some other friends, and we've studied the Book of Galatians. So that's that's how that has threaded its way through our lives and other people's lives. Uh, another uh, family friend who who's a hospice nurse just called us one day. We hadn't heard from her for months and offered her services when we get to that, that point in time. So, you know, here's what hospice does. Here's, you know, you, you take away some of the scary elements that, that you really don't know what it's all about. Um, so that, that was a big help. And it's also being, uh, even though you may not look like it, uh, having a disease and being sick has opened doors to talk about godly things with my family. 
with my sure. with my side of the family. Mm. And I don't know if you followed, you know, had the same experience, no, but not with family. My side of the family, um, we have. Some, I have some sisters, and and I have a mom that. Yeah, it's open that up to have a discussion. Uh, we've also had another friend who we knew over 25 years ago that lives lives in the southeastern Illinois, right at, uh, uh, south of Champaign, across yeah. from Indianapolis, Indiana, right in that part of the country. Yeah. And that person actually walked away from the faith for a while and got into evolution and, and denied the existence of God and then, and then came back as a result of, of our faith being exhibited through our trials. So, um, Lord works in mysterious So ways. God has turned a lot of bitterness into joy in other families. Um, I'd also like to answer this question by looking at Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly been seen from what has been made so that men are without excuse. I have been blessed to experience some of that divine nature and power in a different way than when I was healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. <coughs> Let's see, we're up to... Uh, yeah. What, what kinds of horror stories, George, have you heard about cancer treatment before you started your treatment? Truth in fact. It's hard to figure out what's real and what isn't, what's hearsay. It's just... Ay, 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 ay. How can you digest it all? You can't. And I tried to. Man, I just dug and dug and dug. And the only thing I learned was chemo is terribly bad. It kills your body. It kills your immune system. It kills people. Find another way. And so that was my answer, initial answer. We're going to find another way to beat this. There's too many people out there that have been able to beat it through proper health care, supplements, right kind of supplements. So for the first year, we went with, against the doctor's wishes, he said, if you do my program, everything I do is 95% effective. At, at stage one, where I was at that point, he said 95% of my people make it. I said, no thank you for chemo and we did it our own way. Had a wonderful year that year. Most of the year I felt great, did things I wanted to do, went to see people I wanted to see, felt fine, felt great, you know. Uh, not as great as I'd like to, but we, met, we had a good year. By Thanksgiving that year, finally found a combination of herbs that actually were shrinking the tumors, was being effective. Within three days after Thanksgiving, I was sick as a dog with high fever and um, had no idea. I mean, I had night sweats where you wake up soaking wet. Went to the doctor. He sent me to somebody else. They sent me back. The cancer had mastitized to another part of my body. It was all over my bones and in my hips like Jim had, uh, my legs, other places. Even though it was shrinking one place, it was growing someplace else in another form. And wham, it hit us. And then we had to take chemo. There was no more choice. Uh, Jim, how has uh, this disease affected your walk with Christ? 
Well, I can say that uh, God's grace has given me a heart of thanksgiving. I hold the view that my cancer has been given to me for a purpose. I don't view it as a, as a curse, but as a gift. Um, it's helped me to cherish Christ, <clears throat> cherish Christ more, and allowed me to spend more time on the Word. I've, I've uh, determined that um, it will not drive me to solitude and, and, and allow you know, me to feel sorry for myself. I, I don't want others to feel sorry for me either. Yeah, and I, I concur with that. Yeah. And I will, I will not grieve as one who has no hope because I'm confident yes. in my future destiny. <clears throat> I don't know how people who aren't believers can deal with this. That's right. Yeah. Just how do you deal with it? It amazes me. If you, if you don't have that eternal hope, I don't know how you can deal with it. I I know I don't treat my sin as casually as I did before. And with God's help, I've been able to use my cancer as a means of witness to the truth and glory of Christ. That's how the disease has affected me. For the good. George, have you ever been asked, have you ever asked God to take you home and take you out of the pain and misery? My answer is yes. There have been a number of times when, and Pat, my prayer partner, I mean, uh, folks, uh, one thing I can say, both for Pat and Jerry Donaldson, who most of you remember, faithful prayer partners, people who will stand with you through whatever. Pat says, just unlock the door, I'll come in and I will pray by you if you can't pray. And he did. And I praise God. I just praise God for the faithful saints. Not just those who came and prayed with me, but the church. We had friends in Australia, friends in Austria, friends in Germany, friends all over this nation that were praying for me people I didn't even know were praying for me. Some would say, oh yeah, my sister heard about you and she prays for you every day. Or somebody else would say, you know, so-and-so heard about this and, and you're on that church's prayer list. I, mean, I just was amazed what God was doing through his people. And there are times when, as Jim can maybe verify, but, but his chemo treatment was different than mine, uh, the first chemo that I had, I'll backtrack a little bit. The first time I went in for chemo, I was scared. Basically scared. I had some verses in front of me, and I was trying to read those verses. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be not on your own understanding, but in all things give praise to God and so forth. I was trying to read those verses, but I couldn't. And before the treatment was done, I was in anaphylactic shock, ready to die. The nurses were scrambling like crazy. The doctor was running they were trying to pull me back out of near death. So my first experience with chemo was <laughs> not very good. The next chemo they tried was bad stuff. And I was sick. Oh, so sick. And yes, I asked God, please God, please, please get me out of here. God, God still had a purpose. And he still does. 
and his purposes will be completed according to his word as he says in um, Philippians 1 6 he says he who began a good work in you will be perfect until the day of Jesus Christ or will finish or will complete that word will is very emphatic in the Bible when he says he will he will no doubts he will and so I've got to remember what I'm talking about this evening God is the one who's sovereign he will complete the work that is done and doing in us until we are complete for his kingdom not for our purposes not for our gain not for what I want out of retirement but what he wants to see in my life that he has planned from the beginning of eternity according to his word he had a plan for my life and if I kind of recount my life from the beginning to now I can see God's hand even when I didn't know about him even when I didn't have any clue that anything was going on I can see his guidance I can see his hand of protection the stories I could keep you here till 8, 9 o'clock with stories how God has protected and kept me until the day of Jesus Christ that is still to come and that will be the day I meet him in glory and I'm looking forward to it folks I am looking forward to it excuse me Jim, do you have any other comments that you'd like to make? Yeah, I have a few final remarks that I prepared, but I'd like to share. A, you jog my memory, and I'm sure in the interest of time we'll, we'll get out of here by 7. But I have a funny story to share. At least I think it's funny about chemotherapy. Uh, when you first sit down in the, in the Lazy Boy recliner and they get you either get you ready to be hooked up with a bunch of IVs or some people have a port implanted in their body and they hook it up like a, gre a grease fitting on a car. That's what I compare yes. it to. You, you jam the, the fitting on and you're ready to go. And But for me, I, I didn't have a port. I just had to get the IVs in and the whole time the nurse is counseling you that this is, this is good stuff. This is going to do you good. And uh, yet when they get ready to give it to you they dress up in a hazmat suit they put on <laughs> they, they put on purple nitrile gloves uh, they put on a face mask and then when they bring the plastic bag of, of uh, medication out it's got a skull an orange skull and crossbones on it <laughs> hazardous so, hazardous yeah, hazardous so, but they yep. deal with this all day and they don't want to get any of it on their skin of course but it just strikes me as a funny thing when you know they tell you this is this is good, good for, for you. you. So it's a, <laughs> imagine imagine what it's doing to your body. But absolutely, it's going to tear you apart. Well, anyway, um, a couple of remarks to end with for me, and then, and then uh, probably George has a few remarks. Yeah, I think we all have a terminal disease. It's a blood disorder that that's come down from from Adam. Yes, and it's it's not that we're HIV positive. We're SIN positive. Amen. So think about that. The treatment for this sin disorder is to go to the cross of Christ and admit that his blood was shed to wash away our sins. And we don't need to get an appointment to get this treatment. Uh, your insurance company won't be billed. 
and it's 100 percent effective right you won't need to wait for a public option to get this treatment it's available right now no third opinion <coughs> so if you haven't gotten this treatment get it done right away don't wait absolutely you never know when how God's going to end it could be an instant and I've read another account by an author who speculates that there might be a counter in heaven that goes off whenever somebody's saved. Like maybe when we're walking through the turnstiles in Lambeau Field, you're counted, you know, the number of spectators are counted. And once that final number is reached, that God has established already before the foundation of the world, yes. um, all the believers will be taken up into heaven to, meet, to be with the Lord. So the point is, there might be somebody in this room that's holding us up. <laughs> and like, like George said, we want to get going. So don't hold us up. And I would like to thank all of you as part of this body for, George has mentioned, for praying for, uh, for Barb and I as well. It's... Uh, it's a great encouragement when somebody comes up to you that you don't really know all that well and, and says, I've been praying for you every day. You don't, you don't know what, how great that is. I yes. just can't tell you enough. It lifts you. Oh. Thank you. That's wonders. Yeah. I'll end it there. Okay. Um, well, I've already talked about how God has entered into the picture with me in various ways. But like with Jim, God gave me opportunities, usually when I was in the hospital for something, for like a five-day stay or an operation or the various things that I've gone through. They got to know me pretty well over there at the hospital. Uh, Betty drives up to the drive-up window at the uh, uh, place where we get our medicine. Oh, yeah, I know who you are. You know, <laughs> She's there pretty regular. But... Um, the Lord has given me opportunity in various ways at various times to, to at the middle of the night sometimes to talk to a nurse that needed to hear, hear the good words of Jesus Christ that there is salvation that there is forgiveness that there is a way that God has provided for us and, and what God has done for me is, is develop a relationship with him deeper more appreciative of what he is and what he has done. He, he had lifted me up and Betty too so many times as if we were floating on angels' wings because of the prayers of people. When we couldn't do it anymore. We had no more strength. We were lifted up by strength of the Lord for the prayers of the people. Don't quit praying. Everyone needs your prayers. There are people here that need your prayers. We all, like Jim says, have a terminal disease. S-I-N. But God has to deal with each of us separately, differently, because we're so unique. As most of you know, I'm a German. And German people tend to be a little bit bullheaded, prideful, 
self-centered, self-controlling, always having to be right, has to go my way or no way, and that's been me. It's been me until God showed me and I finally caught the peanut. Finally, I think. I don't know for sure yet. But I think I finally caught the peanut this year. Wait a minute. It's not about me. I gotta give up. I can't do this. God showed me, Lord George, just leave it. Stop striving. It tells me in the word. Stop striving. You can't do this. This cancer's not yours. This is for me to treat you. So he showed me, give up. Give it to the Lord. All your striving, all your trying, all the home medications, all that stuff, didn't do anything good, did it? Nope. Still, cancer spread, cancer came back five times now. And now the doc says it's terminal. But, hey, I'm enjoying life to the fullest. To the praise of God and His glory. Because He's given me everything I've ever wanted. He's given me a most wonderful wife. He has brought and has had brought my three children to the Lord in my lifetime. I know I'm going to meet them in heaven and learn who they really are because they are wonderful people, but I don't know who they are. You know, I get a few moments with them here at church and high and by and doing well, yeah, okay, and grandkids okay, yeah, okay. And away you go, you know, life goes on. But I'll have an eternity to find out what kind of wonderful people these were and are. And what joy that brings. And what assurance. What assurance to know as we sang a song about Romans 8.28. We know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. Isn't that amazing? It's His purpose that we're called for. Not our purpose. I finally get it. It's taken five years of battling with cancer. Amazing. I hope you get it sooner. It's been a hard battle, folks. I'm ready to go. I'd love to stay. Shall we pray? Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you, Lord God, because you have shown yourself strong and true. You are the God of all creation. You cause all things to work together for the good. All things. We can't grasp that, Lord Father, when, when terrible things come into our lives. We, we look at those terrible things and circumstances and we, oh no, oh no, what do we do? We forget to run to you and say, what lesson do I need to learn? You have a purpose in this. We go into a panic. Oh, Lord God, I pray that you help us to look to you first and foremost in every circumstance, good, bad, indifferent. That we praise you, Lord Father, for all things that come into our life because you mean it for good. 
And I praise you and I thank you, Lord God, for the people of God that have been with us and through, uh, helped us through this. I thank you for this evening, Lord God, that we've had a chance to, to be a witness to your glory because your glory shines through us somehow, even in our mistakes, our foibles, and our bad times, and our good times. Thank you, Lord God, for the way that you worked in Jim's life, Lord Father, and the many people uh, his life has touched through this. This may have been the only way that some people come back to the Lord. And he'll find that out in heaven and say, and see his Savior say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And I know we all would like our Lord God to say that to us. And that's my goal. I hope that's the case. It's his call, not mine. So, Lord God, bless us this evening. Bless us with your presence. Bless us, O oh Lord God, with uh, assurance. Bless us, O oh Lord God, that we move from here, not just hearing some couple of guys up here babble, but perhaps moved to look about our lives and realize how vulnerable we are, how near death we could be at a moment's notice for some people, an accident, a heart attack, who knows? Because your will is always accomplished. We love your will, Lord God, because it's perfect. Grant us peace this night through your wonderful grace and mercy. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.